The reading for today can be found in Luke chapter 10, verses 1 to 13. And it's about Jesus' teaching on prayer. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Though he will not get up and give him the bread, because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who also receives, he who, for everyone who asks receives, he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray for Tony now as he comes to preach to us. Father, thank you for our brother here, Tony, and for his wife, Ursula. Uh, We uh, bless you for them and their ministry. And we pray, Lord, as he speaks, as Tony speaks now, that you would inspire him and empower him to speak your words to us, that we may be changed into the Mm. likeness of Christ. Mm. Amen. Hi there. (laughs) Well, I'd like to thank you all and Peter for um, just for inviting us along today. Um, It's a privilege, really is. Thank you. And... uh, I'm going to talk about the adventure of prayer, and um, you can follow it on the screen. Um, and I thought, obviously, this is from Luke 11, 1 to 13, as we've been seeing. And um, <coughs> adventure, definitions of adventure. I thought we could start by looking at a few definitions of adventure, because it's interesting if you say adventure of prayer, what does that mean? Is prayer an adventure? Well, it sure is. So um, the first one, this is from a dictionary. Don't ask me which dictionary it was. I got it offline. But um, an undertaking or enterprise of a hazardous nature. Okay. Hazardous mean, normally means risky or, 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 or dangerous, doesn't it? <laughs> 
So be careful when you start praying. (laughs) The second one, uh, an understanding of a questionable nature, especially involving intervention in another state's affairs. Okay, so that's more of an international one, probably. Um, But you could think of that as the enemy. You know, when you pray, you're you're interfering, maybe, with or intervening in in the enemy's affairs. Okay, because that's what Jesus did. And the third one, participation in a hazardous, sorry, in hazardous or exciting experiences. I like that one. (laughs) Exciting experiences. And prayer can be an exciting experience. I know it's not all about experience and feeling, but uh, actually to, to be in tune with the Lord is an exciting experience. And uh, the fourth one, um, definition of adventure, a risky undertaking with an unknown outcome. So uh, you don't know, always know what the outcome's going to be in adventure. Um, but some people get a buzz out of adventure. And um, I often think of people like Bear Grylls, people like that. You know, you've probably seen some of his... Uh, his adventures in different places. Um, But it's an adventure of faith. You know, faith is an adventure and it's exciting. It should be exciting. And um, in our praying, that's uh, a kind of expression of that. So I'm now just going to talk, give you a few quotes about prayer. I think there are about six or seven here, so bear with me. But uh, I hope you feel better after I've read them than before, and not worse. First one, God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Yeah, so that was by John Wesley, who, in case you didn't know, was a famous evangelist who spent two hours daily in prayer. Yeah. The second one, the greatest thing anyone can do for God or man is pray. That was S.D. Gordon. Third one, if I fail to spend two hours in prayer each morning, that's two hours, yeah, the devil gets the victory through the day. I have so much business, I cannot get on without spending three hours daily in prayer. I must spend another hour in the evening, I guess. But uh, that was Martin Luther. And we all know, well, most of us have heard of Martin Luther. Uh, number four, Men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. That's good, isn't it? Sidlow Baxter. So whatever you say, whatever you think, they they can't do anything against our prayers if they're full of faith. Here's a heartfelt one, the fifth one. Oh, brother or sister... (laughs) Pray in spite of Satan. Pray, pray, spend hours in prayer. Rather neglect friends than not pray. Rather fast and lose breakfast, dinner, tea and supper and sleep too than not pray. And we must not talk about prayer, not just talk about it. We must pray in right earnest. The Lord is near. He comes softly while the virgins slumber. That's right. So prayer is not just about talk. 
It's actually about doing it. Okay, and obviously the, the virgin slumbers from the parable of the, uh, the wise and the unwise virgins, some of who were wise and some weren't so wise in their relationship with, with the, the master who came at an unexpected hour. That's by Andrew A. Bonar. Two more. No learning can make up for the failure to pray. No earnestness, no diligence, no study, no gifts will supply its lack. That was by E.M. Bounds. Finally, one from the Bible itself, Colossians 4 verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. I think in another version it says being watchful with thanksgiving. So it's interesting how prayer and thanksgiving do go together. Thanksgiving is mentioned a lot in, in the Bible along with prayer. And as we believe and as we are, as we have faith in our prayers, in what we're praying, um, we can be thankful because we really believe that God is, has given us what we've asked for. Um, so the, the passage, as we saw earlier, um, is Luke 11, and um, it starts with the Lord's Prayer. Okay, and we know what the Lord's Prayer is. I'm going to come in at verse 5 uh, about the person going to the friend at midnight. So Luke 11, 5 to 13, we'll just read it again. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Okay, so there's an illustration. Somebody going to a friend's house at midnight, a most inconvenient time. And sometimes we can think things happen to us that are inconvenient. In this case, a friend turned up at midnight and the guy didn't have any, the host didn't have anything to eat to, to give him. And sometimes we can feel as though we lack things. And um, we feel helpless, and we and we feel sometimes, perhaps, that when we go and pray, that it's it's inconvenient. But with God, no time is inconvenient. We can go to God at any time, and is, in a sense, His door is always open. Um, we're going to read about shut doors in a minute, but God is open to our prayers, and um, and, and the illustration here. Uh, where the man was saying, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed, go away. And sometimes we can think that God is a bit like that. We can think maybe we feel a bit shut out. Where are you, Lord? But here it says, because of this person's shameless audacity, in another version that says persistent boldness. And it's very important to be bold in our prayers. Um, in, in, I think it says in Revelation in other places about entering boldly into the throne room of God because Jesus has given us that confidence. Jesus has gone before us. 
And we have, in fact, the right to go in boldly and to pray boldly. And notice there is, uh, well, shameless audacity, that daring. That's the adventure bit, taking the risk. Although there's no real risk, really, but go in there boldly in faith and asking. And what does it say? It says, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. God gives you as much as you need and more as you pray to him boldly. Uh, so it's, that's a good illustration. And then it goes on to say, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Seek, seek, seek. Be boldly persistent. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. Are we people who seek in our Christian lives? Are we people who are bold and daring and adventurous in our prayers? Because if we are, then the, the, the door will be open to you. The door will be opened. Sometimes you may have to keep knocking. And during that time in your praying, as you keep knocking, you are getting in line with God, in a sense. God shows you things maybe about yourself. Maybe things that you need to put right with other people. Maybe unforgiveness. Um, maybe there are obstacles, thoughts and doubts. And God ministers to you. The Holy Spirit ministers to you as you pray. Uh, and as you, um, as you put your communication upper level with the Lord. And as he speaks to you in his love and kindness. And it, it eases our faith. Makes it easier to believe as, as we keep knocking. So eventually the door will be open. So don't be discouraged if you've been knocking for a while. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So God wants to give, as I, as a father, want to give to my children, because I love my children. I won't give them something evil, I will give them something good. So the Lord will give you good as you ask him. He won't give you evil, because he loves you and he loves me. And out of his love, he wants to give. But he wants us to approach him boldly. He wants us to be persistent because he wants that ongoing relationship with him, that walking with him through thick and thin. I, I want to just talk about Elijah. Um, this short passage from 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45. This is taken from the NIV. Um, this was a situation where Elijah uh, had just... They just got rid of the prophets of Baal. Um, and there'd been no rain on the land for, for three years, as Elijah had prophesied. And now God has spoken to Elijah again and said it was going to rain. And so Elijah had this word about rain coming, and he believed it. And in this particular passage, he says, said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, 
for there is the sound of a heavy rain. I, I love that. Because Elijah knew it in his spirit. You know, when you pray to God, when you're praying for something and you're having faith and you're believing for it, you can hear that, the sound of it in a sense, in your spirit. And Elijah sensed, heard the sound of heavy rain. Maybe nobody else can hear it. Maybe you're the only one or you think you're the only one that can hear it. Something that you are praying for and believing for and God has promised it to you. Whatever that is. It might be the, the saving of somebody. You might be praying for somebody's soul. It might be a healing. It might be something financial even. But if God has promised it, then you can get into the situation where you are believing and you can hear the sound of it. And Elijah heard the sound of a heavy rain. So, And he told Ahab to go and eat and drink. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel. He wanted to maintain his faith in that. So he went to the top of the mountain. He bent down to the ground, good position for praying, and put his face between his knees. I'm not saying we should always put our face between our knees when we're praying. (laughs) Maybe it helps. (laughs) Uh, Go and look towards the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. The servant went up and looked. And what did the servant say? The servant's reaction. There's nothing there, he said. And sometimes, to those around us, you can be hearing the sound of rain in your spirit. You can be sensing the answer and knowing that God has promised what he's promised. And you know it's coming. But there may be thoughts, there may be doubts, there may be people who are saying, no, there's nothing there. That's why we need to be persistent. Seven times, that's persistence, it's a biblical number, seven times Elijah said, go back. And by the sixth or seventh time, I don't know what the servant must have been thinking. Maybe he wondered, what's this guy thinking? (laughs) Will it make any difference if I go back? But the seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. Ah, something, something small. And our faith can be like that sometimes. You can actually see something developing. Maybe your faith is the size of a mustard seed. But what did Jesus say about that? He said you can speak to the mountain and it will fall into the sea. So a man, sorry, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Remember, there'd been three years of drought. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and a heavy rain started falling. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Okay, so that was, that was Elijah, a man of faith. And you can read about all the other miracles that Elijah and Elisha did because they, they had faith. But I love that, that short verse that says, or those few words, I can hear the sound, or there is, there is, not just that you could hear, but there is the sound 
of heavy rain. And in my praying, I want to hear the sound, as it were, of heavy rain, of the answer, of the promise. I want to see the promise that God has made in my spirit as I believe. Talking about knocking on doors and being persistent, um, I just want to refer to two, well, one character first is in Mark 10, 46 to 52. Uh, and this is, um, you might see the picture there. You might be able to guess who that is. Uh, it's uh, blind Bartimaeus. Okay. And uh, as Jesus was around Jericho, I think it was, uh, there were lots, there were crowds waiting for Jesus to go past. Jesus was going past. What an opportunity after what they'd heard about him. The man of miracles, the man of faith. And Bartimaeus had obviously heard about him and he knew that Jesus could heal him because it's probably because he'd heard about all the miracles. And as he heard that Jesus was going by, he started shouting. Jesus, I won't shout, but uh, <laughs> Jesus, you can just imagine it. He couldn't see anything. And you can imagine all the people around him. They said, shut up. Why did they say shut up? Maybe they were embarrassing. He was embarrassing them or something. But that's great. Jesus loves that. When you shout to him, it's like knocking at that door. Keep knocking at that door. Bartimaeus had a definite need. And he wasn't proud. He couldn't see Jesus with his eyes, but he believed it. And he heard the sound of Jesus, not the sound of rain, but he, he heard that Jesus was coming. He heard the sound of the crowds. And what a great thing it must have been when he heard Jesus, or when, when they said to him, the master's calling you. you know, because he was calling out Jesus' name, Jesus, help me. And when you call out to Jesus like that, he will call your name. He will call you. And so the master was calling him, and we know that Bartimaeus went out, and Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, it might have been pretty obvious. <laughs> but even when it's pretty obvious, Jesus can ask that question, because he really wants to know what you want. Or he wants to, you to voice and to speak out what you want. I want to see. And we know that Jesus healed him. As Bartimaeus had gone forward, he threw off his cloak and he went forward. He ran to Jesus for that healing. And sometimes it takes throwing everything off. I don't care what, what, whatever else has happened. I don't care about anybody else. I just want to, I just need this miracle. I just need this to happen. I just want this to happen. And I'm going to throw off everything. It reminds me of the verse in Hebrews that says, let us throw off every weight and sin that clings so closely. Why? Because it helps us to run towards Jesus and to see that miracle or to see that answer to prayer or just to have a closer walk with him. As simple as that. Finally, Luke 18, 1 to 8. This is a similar parable to the Luke 11 one. I've just realized I can see it down here as well. So, uh, yeah, and this is the, the, uh, the judge, okay? And the, um, uh, the judge who wasn't particularly 
merciful. And the woman kept going to him. And uh, this was Jesus' parable about how we should never give up. And the judge was getting fed up with this woman coming to him because she kept asking him for just. She kept asking him for justice. And after persistently bothering him, because he kept saying, don't bother me. But he said, look, because this woman keeps bothering me, and just to send her off to get, get rid of her, I'm going to give her what she wants. So how much more, Jesus was saying, does the Lord want to give us? This was just an unmerciful judge. Where Jesus is, and the Lord is merciful, how much more will he give us what we ask for and what we pray for? I know that praying, sometimes do we always want the right thing? <laughs> sometimes maybe we don't want the right thing. But I know that if, if we pray in faith, the Lord will put us on the right road. I could mention to you a few testimonies in my life. Things like um, getting cheap air tickets. <laughs> Once, when I wanted to come back from, from the Czech Republic, and I phoned up the ticket office, and they said, no, all the cheap ones have gone, and I couldn't afford it. And I tried British Airways, and they were about five times as much. So I prayed. I said, well, I, I, I said to the office, I'll ring you nearer the time. And she said, well, it's very unlikely you'll get a good ticket. But I, I, did, I rang them up some days later, and they said, well, you know what? It's amazing. <laughs> This was after I'd been praying about these tickets. It's amazing, but I don't know how, but the four vacancies have come up. And um, when people say, it's amazing, I don't know how this could have happened. That usually means a miracle's taken place. And sure enough, I got my t- tickets, and I didn't have to pay British Airways. In fact, I couldn't anyway, so, and I got home. So, But that, that sticks out to me as, as one where I heard the sound of, Cheap tickets. <laughs> and sure enough, I got them. So, here endeth the lesson today. Thank you. So, I'd like to encourage you all this week to, to set your face anew and to, and to get into the adventure of praying. Some of you may be there already and doing that. But maybe just to, to have that um, boldness to go and, and pray for for what God has promised you, and to believe that you have it in Jesus' name. Amen.